Previously recorded in both Murfreesboro and Chattanooga, Tennessee, this is NFLs, a production by Next Season Sports Media. Hello everyone and welcome to NFLs. It's a lovable orange cat loves lasagna and hates Mondays. I'm your host, Drew Wade. And I am Jacob Heathcliff Wilkinson. Welcome to our podcast, everybody. Um, do you know this Heathcliff? is our podcast? Um, don't know Heathcliff. Yeah, because you didn't react. To it. Yeah, Heathcliff. Heathcliff is another funny pages cat. Um, oh, has like a <laughs> like a corporate rivalry with Garfield, kind of. Anyway, um, man, what a great in- intro. Uh, speaking of great introductions, there's another person here. Uh, hi, Cam. Who needs hey, no I'm introduction. Cameron Dilbert Reed. I have struggles with getting my <laughs> There we go. I know Dilbert. Dilbert, man, that's the the Aaron Rodgers of the funny pages. I'd say what a what a character. <laughs> uh, welcome, Cameron, back to our show. Um, Cameron, of course, is a member of the cloth um, of the fold. He's a part of the nssm brand as a whole and he is here today to do one thing that the other two of us are going to do which i feel like drew probably is going to be better at laying out so drew what what the what the heck is going on oh wait actually first before we get into the episode um i want to have a bunch of guests this season and i want to ask them all the question that i ask drew whenever i don't know what to do on the show. So even though it hasn't been starting yet, really, how's football going for you, Cam? How, how are you feeling about I the gotta Patriots stay. right now? You doing any I fantasy drafts? Say, the Patriots have looked pretty awful in the preseason. <laughs> for t- for oh, thank goodness you said Mac that. Jones. Um, McCorkle, please figure it out. <laughs> I need you to. <laughs> I will be so sad if the Patriots are bad, which I guess is I guess it's I was, coming to I me was... because the Patriots have always been good as long as we've been alive. <laughs> so... It probably yeah. deserve it at this point. Um, the only fantasy draft I've had so far has gone great. I sent my team to Drew and Shady uh, this morning. Big highlight, of course, is Mike Williams. I drafted him in the seventh round, like eighty third overall. Ridiculous. <laughs> He's Holy like ADP thirty five. <laughs> Wait, so how yeah. many people were there in the draft? Like ten? Yeah. Holy cow, that's crazy. Still in a ten team draft, he really shouldn't even go past. So that's pretty insane that you got him in the seventh. Yeah. That's good value right there. I'm really glad that you took an honest stance on how the Patriots have looked in the preseason because I was going to I was gonna have to lay into you for that, yeah. especially yeah. that one throw that Mac did in that yeah. preseason game against the Raiders. There was just, you could just see one Patriot in a sea of like six Raiders. The good thing him. is I'm not taking an honest yeah. stance for them for the regular season, so... That's okay, what I'm all yeah. about. Yeah, I man, I am so happy that I don't have to cope about the Broncos this year because, like, normally, smile. smile. <laughs> Come on, Drew, you can't be playing this. I like normally around this time of the year, I'm like in full cope mode, but now I get to only I'm only coping about North America at the League of Legends World Championships. I'm just focusing all my. I thought you were about to say right about now. North America just as a continent. That too. Yeah. 
<laughs> generally North oh, America. Boy. Yeah. Wow. No, but uh, yeah, no, we're hosting the League World Championships here on American soil, and I'm going to go watch our boys get smacked around by people from all over the world on, <laughs> again, our own soil. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about football. Yeah, I um, I only consume preseason content, mostly through like mm-hmm. clips or whatever, just because you know not a lot of it's really worth catching. But from what I've seen, like I usually try to follow starters around, and yeah, I have not been that impressed with Mac Jones. Like I think t- to me, like I'm looking at like um, some of like oddly enough, some of these draft QBs as being like kind of the sh- the shiners during this uh, mm-hmm. preseason, even though a lot of people weren't really expecting that. Especially uh, Malik. Is it Wallace I was about to say the Willis? same thing. Willis. Dude. Willis. He's like yeah. Good. Malik Willis has looked awesome yeah in Tennessee and I'm actually starting to feel a little bit more optimistic about Tennessee because like I didn't really realize that like he might be challenging Taylor oh, yeah. for that spot but like I think mm-hmm. I think he might be so yeah I I in comparison Mac Jones who I think like even though you know I was a little um hard on him for like kind of not being that interesting at times last season I think he had a pretty like breakout first year and so I think like Against the field of quarterbacks, like at least just from like taking in clips or whatever, like it has not really looked yeah. that impressive for former quarterbacks. I am so very excited about Malik Willis. Yeah. Even as a non-Titans fan, I'd love to see him play with their regular offensive line. Because uh, the one preseason game, he was running for his life every snap and still was making things happen. Uh, so Tannehill better watch out because he could do something. Yeah. On the on the subject of Malik Willis, I think. Although it would be really exciting to see him go ahead and take over the offense at some point this year. It's definitely going to be better for him if they don't mm-hmm. have to make that switch this year, if he's able mm-hmm. to take this extra time to develop. Because that was one thing about him coming out was we weren't really sure if he was ready for the NFL. He was kind of raw, didn't play against that strict of competition at Liberty. So I think if Tannehill looks good this year and they don't have to bring in Malik, that's going to be like the best-case scenario, obviously, for the Titans. Um, on Mac Jones, uh, we we talked about this a little bit before even preseason games started, uh, Jacob, on the podcast, mm-hmm. where that news came out that they were instituting a new offensive scheme, and Mac Jones was, he had a quote saying he was just getting his feet wet in the new offense, and it's not really what you want to hear like a month before yeah. the season starts, <laughs> so not, not great vibes, but it just means that they're going to lose their first two games and then win eight in a row. So Patriot way. Not yeah. really too much to worry about if you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, that's that's sort of the thing for me. Like I am I'm hearing all this stuff and I'm like, oh uh-huh. Mm-hmm, interesting. Like the Patriots aren't gonna be that good this year. And it's mm. like <laughs> it's the same song and dance, man. Like I hope no offense. <laughs> I hope I hope so that like they're not gonna look that good. But Yeah, I hope I mean, you're miserable this year. Exactly. Yeah. I think like every, I think every time we've talked about the, you know which teams we rooted for on this show for the last four a couple years. of Super Bowl champions, uh, but <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're a Patriots fan. Hold on now. Um, one time, but, yeah, one time. It was one time. <laughs> um, but I think like, um, that. I, I've said it every time we've brought up this new offensive scheme. Like, even though it's not looking like great now there's not like a coaching staff in the league that i like have more faith in in the grand scheme of like offensive development than like Mm -hmm. this team so um i feel like 
they kind of knew that they were going to have to go through a little bit of an awkward shift, but that like, this was a necessary change that they need to have because um, yeah, like I said, like I've said, like I, I just didn't really think that they really knew how to use Mac Jones to his strengths that much that well last year, even, and even though he was able to like really show off that he has some upside, like in the air game at some points, I think um, ultimately, I mean, like, unless you disagree with me, Cameron, I think that they, they found most of his success just from like setting up the run game for, the young running backs that they had on the team last year. So I think like that to me kind of spoke to, we still don't really know how to like play without Tom Brady. And like, we don't really know like how to use this guy that well yet. And so like, this seems kind of necessary to me, honestly, even if it's like kind of an awkward shift at the moment. Yeah. It's a different kind of transition going from, you know, an elite quarterback like Brady or, you know, the Packers will have this transition a few years when they go from Rogers to whoever's next. You know, it's not like you're swapping out like a, I don't know, like Ryan Tannehill for Chad Henney. Like it's not that sort of change they're going through. They're going from one of the best to an unproven rookie. Um, so there's definitely growing pains associated with that that aren't there when you're going from, you know, NFL quarterback to NFL quarterback. Um, so the run game's got to be good. Harrison Stevenson got to be good for the Patriots to have success for sure. Yeah, I think if they can like figure out how to just, you know, add it on um into like a more Mac Jones like throwing offense focus as well, like and just be able to essentially like be dynamic mm-hmm. and rather than like even if they had like a couple playbooks last year, it was like they kind of showed up to every game and did one thing and it like they just stat checked <laughs> yeah. the other yeah. defense essentially and it worked or it didn't. Um so yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see some death from this offense, essentially. Um, Just a real quick, I guess, Boyd's check-in. How are we doing in in Philly? How you feel right now? Oh, baby. The the hype is as high as it's ever been. Um, Today, actually, the Eagles just made a uh, trade for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Standout. uh, Oh, my goodness. I'm tripping over my words so much. Standout DB from the Saints. So another uh, savvy move from Howie. This offseason, uh, he's made a lot of moves to cover up some needed a wide receiver trade for AJ Brown need a safety. Let's trade for CJ Gardner Johnson. We need some linebackers. Okay, let's get Kaiser White and Nic- let's draft Nicobe Dean in the third round when everybody thought he was gonna be a first round pick. Just there's been a lot of optimism, rightly so, uh, amongst Eagles fans. And so really the just the big thing is can Jalen Hurst take that step forward at passer i believe he can especially with aj brown not just throwing to aj brown just having him on the field is going to open up all those other targets Vontae smith dallas goddard uh, even quez watkins uh, i'm really excited to see how the eagles look this year i think they're going to be one of the most improved teams in the league yeah I'm, i mean i think we've talked a lot about this team uh, during the preseason, but I, I haven't been focusing on them too closely during the preseason, but I definitely agree. They have like a crazy amount of upside at the moment. And um, I, whenever I do catch like, I don't know, traditional NFL media, I'm starting to notice like a little bit more and more often people are talking about this team. And whenever like conversations come up about like divisional leaders who are like the most in danger this season, I think like a lot of people are starting to agree that the Cowboys are like, really one of those teams that even if it's not like a surefire bet yet, like they yeah. are certainly like feeling the heat of the second seed at the moment. I think. Absolutely. Like 
so everybody knows we're doing prop bets on the episode today. And when I was looking, researching prop bets to bring to the show, I was looking at, you know, you can bet who's going to win every division. And the Eagles and the Cowboys actually have mm. equal odds. So mm. it's not just like Eagles fan hype. Vegas thinks so too. That this is a pretty likely thing that the Eagles could win their division this year. Cam, what do you think? Uh, I think the Eagles are going to be good. I think uh, Jalen Hurts has shown consistent uh, steps forward so far, season one to season two. And I think they, they're going to have their work cut out for them to beat the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys are, are still one of the better teams um, across the league, not just in the NFC. Um, I could see it going a couple of different ways. Like I think the Cowboys could win the division by four or five games. Or the Eagles, you know. If they're at this level as Dallas with watching a game yet. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're duking it out all season long for the NFC East. Yeah, um, it's going to be an exciting battle for sure. Burn up! I was about to say Burn it up. if you didn't hit the and button. I, <laughs> even though I think, um, you know, a lot of people are leaving the um <clears throat> a lot of people are like completely leaving the other two teams out of the conversation right now i think it's worth noting like both these teams to me are like very interesting wild cards in this division like sitting at the bottom like i don't think that they actually have any chance of taking the division or like a wild card spot or anything like that but like um even though like the cowboys went like 6-0 last year i think that they're gonna like there's gonna be some more cracks in the armor this year and i think that the other two teams are a little bit desperate to like repeat some successes they've had against like these better teams in the past. And we already saw them both sort of take some interesting games against the Eagles last year. So I think like um, the race for this division is going to be super close. And I think like those, those other two teams are going to play an interesting role in it Mm -hmm. as well. Um, I just want to say like, as a quick Broncos note, the only thing I really have to update on is I have not loved our tight end game. Like during the preseason. Um, Woof. Woof. Yeah, Albert O has been getting some time, and it just has not looked great. I mean, I will say, like, you know, Russell Wilson has not been on the field, like, hardly at all. So I think he's gotten, like, maybe, like, 10 <laughs> reps total or something like that. It's been pretty tight. tight. So I, I, you know, it's not necessarily all doom and gloom, but Albert O has gotten, like, about 12 plays. The guy who they drafted under him has gotten about 12, and uh, both of them have just looked fine. They've both had some like bad dropped passes, some like missed blocks. Just has not been really as exciting of a situation as like we were hoping it was going to be. And and so you know, also like with the Tim Patrick injury, I think like there are some reasons to be a little bit hesitant on the Broncos train right now. But I still think that we're going to be a team that threatens a lot of like the mid table teams in the AFC, and that alone is going to like keep us like pretty high up. It's just going to like really come down to which players are able to step up meaningfully when we play like actual teams in our schedule. And there's a lot of them because of like the, the West mm-hmm. versus West scheduling this year. Yeah. I was bummed <clears throat> to see the Broncos cut Josh Johnson of uh, XFL LA Wildcats. I know. I was going to bring that up too. Um, any chance Brett Rippon takes the starting job over Wilson? Oh, I, I mean, it's just a matter of time, I think. <laughs> that, <laughs> do his oh, Uncle man. Mark nothing would scream. <laughs> nothing would scream Broncos QB <laughs> carousel like us starting him. Making a big move to go get Russ and then benching him immediately. Yeah. 
I'll say I'll say this much. We're gonna beat the Seahawks week one. I'm not I'm not <laughs> worried about that. And like if I can name a tight end who's looked worse than Albert O during this preseason, like unfortunately it's Noah Fant. So I'm just saying, like, I think we're gonna look just fine against the Seahawks, but um yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I'm 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 starting to like prepare myself for some losses, but Broncos country. Let's ride. Anyways. In conclusion. Bronco <laughs> Let's ride. All right. So I mentioned it earlier. Let's get into the bones of this episode. We all put together some prop pet prop bets that we wanted to bring to the table. So since I'm already talking right now, I'll go first. Uh, one of my prop bets was Carson Wentz over 3,500 and a half. Um, some points I wanted to bring up for this. So, why are you still defending Carson Wentz on the Eagles anymore? In fact, he's on a division rival. Yes, I know. But 3,500 yards, kind of disrespectful for Carson Wentz. I guess they're kind of leaning into the fact that maybe he will miss some time. Maybe they're going to want to see Sam Howell at some point. But um, Carson Wentz threw for 4,000 yards when he was the Eagles starting quarterback in 2019. And he did not have a wide receiver that went over 500 yards. So I think with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, their first-round rookie wide receiver, and if Curtis Samuel is able to stay healthy as well, I think he's going to get much better wide receiver production than he had from any of the Eagles wide receivers that year. And he was well over 3,500. That's that's my case for this one. I like it. I think uh, Wentz should be having a good year. Um, and it's not really a big number to have to hit in a 17 game season, yeah. 3,500. Um, and if if they're going to be any good, they'd wince to put up at least that many yards. Um, I, I like it. Thank you. Last year he had just over this actually is uh, 3,563. So he did hit the over. But if you remember last and he after you know week when they decided you know maybe this guy isn't that great as a quarterback they just handed the ball off to Jonathan Taylor endlessly so <laughs> right might have brought those numbers down some yeah I think um I mean I don't I don't love Carson Wentz he's not my favorite quarterback in the league <laughs> uh, same but, same uh I I think yeah this is kind of just honestly sort of a disrespectful over under for any like seasoned quarterback in the league who like has earned a starting position on three different teams. I, like I, I agree with the case you make about uh, Jonathan Taylor's role and in the Indiana offense, like certainly keeping him back a little bit. And also I think like, um, even though I don't think it's going to look that good, I do think Carson Wentz is going to be on like a little bit of like a revenge tour this year, just kind of trying to prove that like he's worth as much as he seems to think he is. Like if we're to trust any of these behind the scenes claims about him. So I think like this offense, I don't know, they went after him big and like they have nothing else to live for in this program <laughs> right now. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they like, like Carson Wentz throw a lot, you know oh, what I mean? No. So I, yeah, I think that this is, a pretty good a pretty good bet honestly i like it um my first one is also a player stat uh this is one that i've sort of alluded to when we've talked about this team 
on uh, the show during the preseason. Uh, Nick Chubb over 1,150.5 rushing yards. It's kind of funny to do a <laughs> 0.5 for, for rushing stats. But uh, yeah, 1,150.5. Um, I mean, come on. This dude has averaged like 1,200 in his time in the league. And if there's ever been a preseason where it's obvious that Nick Chubb is going to be a vital part of the Cleveland Browns. It's, it's right now. Like they're not going to have a real QB, even though I love Jacoby Brissett playing for 11 weeks. Um, and already last year they were like the most run dependent uh, team in the league. I mean, we've seen like uh, power horse running backs put up 2000 yards like time and time again in this league. And I think like Chubb does sort of have like the downside, like for why he's never been able to clear like giant numbers of just like always having shared like touches with a pretty good running back room and a couple like tight ends worth a darn as well, like in his time in the league. But uh, I mean, 11, this is just an, like uh, an offensively that low seems number. Really low. In my opinion, yeah, especially considering, like I said, like this is this is the season where like we're gonna be expecting him to, to put that up. So, um, yeah, I like eleven hundred fifty and a half over for Nick Chubb. Um, he's gonna be the focal point of the offense once again. I mean, even more so going from Baker Mayfield to Kobe Brissett, quarterback. So, yeah, not not much more to say, mm-hmm. but I love that. Should be pretty safe. All right, Kate, here your first top bet for the 2022 NFL. Uh, my first team. is a pretty akin to Jacobs. I, I went with a rushing yard total um, for Derrick Henry going over 1,350.5. Um, it's mm. just, you know, it's it's hard to bet on a big running back like that going over a uh, projected number of yards. Um, but in order to hit that over, Henry would have to average 18 yard or 80 yards a game in a 17 game season, um, which I think even coming back from injury, Derrick Henry should have no problem rushing for 1500 yards this season, or even getting close to that 2000 yard mark. The Titans aren't going to change their game plan much. They're going to, they're going to rely on Henry. They have to, uh, if they want to be successful, he might not get the same volume that he got last year. Um, but to think he's not going to average 80 yards a game, I he's going to be over 100 yards a game. That's just the player he is. That's the player the Titans need him to be uh, to make it to the playoffs and go far this season. Uh, so definitely smashing the over on that Derrick Henry 1350. Yeah, this this bet is pretty much just do you think Derrick Henry is going to stay healthy the whole season? Because if he is, he's definitely yeah. going to clear this mark. If he If he gets hurt again, he he might not. I think the the re-injury risk for that specific injury and just the amount of time that he's had off, I think he has a lower chance of re-injuring it, whereas if he would have rushed back, the team would have brought him back too early. It would have been worse off for him, but I think he's going to be good to go. And to your point of they're not going to change the offense, they're going to keep fun to him. I mean, it might even be more necessary now with the departure of A.J. Brown because you don't really have somebody just an alpha in the receiving game that really scares you as much as he did. I mean, they got Robert Woods, and I think he's going to be with them different from age. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think that 
And like you said, like the Titans are going to have a very recognizable game plan this season. I think um, last year for them, like was a very odd year of trial and tribulation. And now with like their wide receiver room receiving and a lot of people's opinions, like at the very least, like a, like a comfort nerf at the beginning of the season that they're, that they're going to have to overcome. Um, I think like until they start finding connections between Tannehill or Willis and uh, some of these new wide receivers that they've picked up from the free agents blocking trades during this off season that, they're yeah just gonna have to rely very heavily on Derrick Henry playing like his classic role in this offense and like you said I I mean I personally going into last season expected that he was gonna clear Mm -hmm. 2,000 yards no problem um and then the injury happened so I think like this year they're going to rely on him even more so and yeah this this is a really safe bet in my opinion so golden player props so far those are always about minus 110 minus 15 for the odds pretty much even clearly like a 50 50 chance whether or not it's gonna happen my next bet here is odds of plus 700 so shifting gears a little bit i bet on or i haven't made the bet but it is for who is going to be the last winless team this season and after taking a look at their schedule my pick for this is the new york jets first of all they're going to deal with missing Zach Wilson for a little bit. Going to hurt him. Gonna help them maybe Joe Flacco maybe a little better still at this point in his career. We don't know yet. But um, taking a look at their schedule, they open with the Ravens. Um, probably their best chance to get a win against the Browns in week two. And then after that, Ravens, Browns, and it's Angles, Steelers, Dolphins, Packers, Broncos, Patriots, Bills, Patriots. That's all the way up to November 20th that they might be winless. And then they play the Bears, which pretty even-keeled matchup, but still not sure about that. But even if they make it till November 20th, they should be the last winless team by that point. So plus 700, I feel like, is pretty good odds. Yeah, that's pretty crazy looking at that schedule at the beginning of the year. Um, The big one that stands out to me that they could win early is the divisional matchup against the Dolphins. Yet the Jets tend to show up a little bit more for those divisional games um, than they do against some of the other teams in the league. So that'd be the one I'd look out for mm. uh, personally. But I I like that. The other team that popped into mind when you said this bet was the Texans. Um, and then also, yeah. honestly, I thought about the Browns with their quarterback situation. It could be a while before the Browns get their feet under. But Brissett should be able to deliver something um, of a win. Should be able to beat the <laughs> Should Jets. be able to beat the Jets. <laughs> Me too. So that's a that's an interesting yeah. bet. I've not and really I hadn't looked at anything like that until you said that. But yeah, I had never heard of this category before. But yeah, that is, I mean that's certainly a gauntlet for NYJ at the beginning of this season yeah. that I think they're gonna. And uh, to to Cameron's point about the Texans, I think they were the favorite for this, so mm-hmm. that's why I didn't like them as much. I mean, it's still yeah, a good return. Sense. I think plus four seventy or something like that, but. I mean, they have the Colts and the Broncos, and then they have the Bears. So they've got a winnable game pretty early on. And so I, I really like the Jets. So I might actually make this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think that this is a pretty tough gauntlet for the Jets going into this season that they're going to um, just really have to have difficult. I, I don't think that they're going to end up like 
in the in, like towards the bottom of the table and wins. But I think that that's going to be, uh, I think they're going to find a lot <laughs> of problems during that run for sure. And like I said, I've never heard this category before. That's pretty interesting to me. Um, I have another <laughs> running back bet, believe it or not. Um, but I'm going to hold off on that because we just did a bunch of player stat ones. So here I'm going to do a team bet. Um, I am going to give my pick for least points in the NFL. And I actually don't know I what they're, this. <laughs> I actually don't know what their odds are. Um, I think it's nine to one or something like that. Uh, but yeah, least points in the NFL. Um, I am not sure how close they are to favorites, but they, this is a favorite for me. And also I want to say, I don't think that this team is going to be least amount of wins either. I think like they are going to have no problem winning some like 13 and 10 or, you know, like 16 and 13 type games against some of like the like really bad offenses as in defenses that they're playing this year because they have a terrible schedule. But um, the Seattle Seahawks are probably going to be the lowest scoring offense in the league. And in my opinion, uh, for a number of reasons, like <laughs> I, I mean, man alive, like if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, like I would love to see Drew Locke succeed in this program. But um, no. he's not even starter. So he's not, not even the starter. Now. It's going <laughs> to be Geno Smith. There, wow. Uh, which, uh, which is a quarterback that like so few people trust in as a starter choice that Drew Locke is still being mentioned basically every time I hear the team brought up. And that's <laughs> why I have no faith in this offense to put together any meaningful production because it doesn't really seem like they know what the plan is. It doesn't really seem like um, they are confident in uh, any of their starters right now. Like I said, Noah Fant has looked really, really bad during this um, uh, preseason. I don't trust Geno Smith's arm to take advantage of their, uh, like, you know, obviously pretty solid wide receiver core. But I think that that's basically the only good thing that they have on this team. Uh, most of their production is honestly most likely going to come through running. And, like, running is just notably a less productive scoring method of putting points up. Um, and I think that like something that is really important to note is that like in the 10 years now that Pete Carroll has coached this team, this team has ran the fourth fewest plays in the NFL. Um, a lot of that comes from the fact that Russell Wilson, every single time he had the ball scrambled for like 40 seconds and then earned <laughs> like 12 yards. So it's like, you know, they were cooking running like the least amount of plays, but, uh, this like, Pete Carroll just does not really know how to run like a high octane offense. And I think that that's like what either of these quarterbacks would need to succeed. And I think that's absolutely like what they're, what DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett need to succeed, like as pro bowl level wide receivers on this team. But this offense is not going to take advantage mm -hmm. of any of those things. And I, yeah, like I said, I just, I, I don't really see anything coming together for this team. And I think that they're going to see most of their success through, holding other bad offenses to like really low scoring games and yeah, probably end up being the lowest scoring offense in the league mm -hmm. this year. I think that's a good take. I, you mentioned all the weapons they've got, but they've not really got a good way to utilize those weapons. So I think they're kind of, their offense is going to be a bit handcuffed. Um, really the only thing to think about this with this bet is like, are they, are they the worst? And I, I think you make a pretty good case for them being the worst offensive team in the league. Um, other teams that just came to mind off the top of my head, Atlanta, um, Chicago, 
uh, even the New York Giants, you know, they've all got a chance of being in the same conversation. I think for the most part, those teams are set up better offensively um, to to win, mm. to get points, uh, to put up some points. So I, I think I like Seahawks scoring the least amount of points. I'm trying to think how the defensive side of the ball would come into play on that. Does that count any defensive scoring? Do you know? I don't, I mean, I defensive scoring would count because okay. it's just like team score but i but also i mean it's worth noting their defense spends yeah. a lot of time on the field which is also like yeah the reason you don't have the ball they run so few plays yeah right this is this is one more note that i had about plays ran that i forgot to mention last year seattle which um trying to utilize geno smith but also having russell wilson for a good chunk of the season came in dead last mm. in offensive plays and the difference between them and second place was the same as the difference between second oh and 13th place. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's because Pete Carroll tries to run his offense. Like it's still the eighties. Like, exactly. It doesn't work. You like run it on first and second down for one or two yard gain. And eight. That's oh, we got a point again. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so Vegas Vegas also thinks the Seahawks are a good pick for a uh, team to score the least amount of points. They are tied for the best odds at plus 600 with some teams that Cameron mentioned, the Bears, Falcons, and Austin Tech. So, mm-hmm. But plus 600 is still a pretty good return. Yeah. Yeah, I think like all of those teams, there's, there's at least like one little thing that I'm a little bit more interested in. Like these guys, unless they teach Geno Smith how to like YOLO and it actually works. I just don't really <laughs> trust this team to produce. Yeah, and I don't think Geno Smith, he he's kind of walking on eggshells. Like he just finally got another starting job back. I don't think he's gonna be one to to YOLO that away, if you will. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cam, let's hear your next. All right. So this uh, one is a it's like a pre-made parlay, I guess, on FanDuel Sportsbook. Um not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But Possibly FanDuel executives, if you're listening, we'd love to be sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook LLC. Um, it, but it looking up. at team win total, I was just looking at team win total over unders, and then I saw the parlays they had. Um, here we go. This the odds on this one are plus six fifty. Los Angeles Ooh. Rams, Indianapolis Colts, Dallas Cowboys, Denver Ooh. Broncos. Each over nine and a half okay. regular season wins. I I really like that's, that bet. That's, <laughs> that's a, a really plus good Plus six fifty again. You know preseason bets. There's a reason the odds are good on them because it's hard to guess what's going to happen. Right. But you got four teams right there that you know three of them for sure are going to be challenging for the division title. And the Broncos, I think, if they're not, they're going to be pretty close in second or third. You know, duking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Still, still having, making ways. Yeah, yeah. No I think the, what, the I think. Broncos are a ten eleven win team, um, pretty, pretty solidly at this point in the preseason. I think that they're going to be a good team. The Cowboys have already mentioned them. They should win, you know, twelve games this year. The Colts, I think, are going to be strong this year again. Um, if they keep riding the Jonathan Taylor wave, there's no reason to think they can't win at least ten. Uh, and the Rams, mm. I mean, I they weren't great last year, but won the Super Bowl. <laughs> They, the right. Rams should certainly be an 11, <laughs> yeah. 12, 13, 14 win team. Um, so parlay them all together, you get plus 650 somehow. I don't do the math. The Vegas guys do, but I like that bet a lot. 
Let them handle that. Yeah. That's I mean, pretty you, good. you're naming off like four sources of a lot of optimism for me this year. Plus the Cowboys who I feel like I took over nine and a half on, on this show. So like, <laughs> like, I, yeah, this to me is a, a really solid bet. What do you, what do you think drew? I mean, there's a Cowboys nine and a half there in the mix. Yeah, as much as I hate the Cowboys, I mean, I think they still have a great chance to win at least 10 games coming off a 12-win season a year ago and bringing back a lot of the same guys. They did lose some key players, uh, Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, Lyle Collins season. But I still think just with their schedule and, you know, they get to play the Commanders and the Giants a total of four times, I think mm-hmm. 10 wins isn't astronomical for them. So I like I like this a lot. Yeah. Much more than like I would prefer, much more than I would like making these bets. Yeah. The uh, the return multiples like that. So I'm going to have to look at a couple of these parlays myself. See if yeah. there's any other. You mentioned the gauntlet of uh, regular season games. And I think that that's, I mean, of uh, like in interdivisional games. And I think that that's something that anybody who would be looking at the Colts is kind mm-hmm. of like a risky bet in this as like something that they can also really rely on because. I've said that I think like it's it's pretty reasonable to look at the Colts as being potentially an eleven or twelve win team as well, just like looking at like stats. Um, but even if you're not really comfortable with that high of a projection, I think ten is just a really simple barrier for anybody who plays the Texans and Jags mm-hmm. four times a year to clear, especially with nine Pro Bowlers and like an extremely seasoned quarterback on top of that. So yeah, I, I think that this is a really solid five team spread here. Drew, do you have a a third and final prop bet to share with us? I do. Before, but before I bring that up, I just I found that section on FanDuel. I just wanted to bring up one that was more on brand for me: Ravens, 49ers, Chargers, Eagles, each over nine and a half. That's like 100. the that's like the Jacobs telling you to press pause bundle right there. <laughs> <laughs> that whole that whole time you read that off, I was like, I don't know, I don't. <laughs> Not too sure about those guys. <laughs> Not too sure about this one. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. All right, for my last prop for this season or for for the episode, my last official one because I've got one I wanted to bring up. But Joe Burrow to lead the league in passing yards, which he was sixth in passing yards last year. He missed the game, so he only played sixteen out of sixteen. Last year, the Bengals were less pass heavy than I expect them to be this year because Zach Taylor historically has just been uh, more reliant on the run game. But I think just after what you saw from what got them to the Super Bowl last year, just letting Joe absolutely cook opposing defenses uh, with those weapons that he has, Jamar Chase, Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Been, um, I think that Zach Taylor is going like, to have no choice but to let Joe Burrow throw the ball more. So. Joe Burrow stays healthy. I like him to lead the league in passing yards, and that's a plus twelve hundred. So really good return if that comes to be. And like I said, he was sixth last year, and he only. Played. Yeah, I don't host the uh, Super Fantasy Bros podcast, but I did say on our show that I thought that this should be the first pair of receivers off the board on in basically every fantasy draft this season. And to make a statement like that, I mean, you would have to also accept that Joe Burrow is probably going to lead the league in passing yards. I think that like there, there's just so much upside in this offense's run game and passing game. Um, And 
this is why last week in our power rankings episode, I was pushing really hard for the Bengals as potentially being a top three threat in the league, which I see them as at the moment, because I think that um, with how ferociously they attacked their weaknesses on the offensive line, this, this off season, and especially like just how much of a glow up as a team leader and as a like fundamentals and as like a, explosive quarterback that um that we saw uh, him go through during the postseason i think that this team obviously knows like man we have a great thing going here with with joe burrow and like and this wide receiver core and we need to lean into this hard and get this guy some time in the pocket and i i think it's going to reflect insanely in stats for all three of these guys during this year so and I would still take Joe. And I saw uh, Joe Mixon at like I think nine fifty point five or something like oh, that. Yeah. And I'd take him on that one too. Like like still everybody in this offense sure. is going to cook like crazy this year. Yeah, the Bengals, man, they're I think pretty much consensus. If you're excited about a team going into this year, you're excited about the Bengals uh, after the uh, Cinderella Cinderella esque run to the Super Bowl. Um, I've tried to temper my expectations with them a little bit because I don't want to get too hype on them, and then. You know, they could very easily have like a, a quote unquote down year where they only get 10 wins or 11 wins. Um, but man, T. Higgins, or 49ers, <laughs> uh, 49ers are going 6 11 this year, Drew. T. Higgins, there's I, no chance. Yeah, I, no, I, I mean, like the 49ers after their yeah, Super Bowl yeah. appearance. Did yeah, that, as long like, as Trey Lance yeah. is a starter, oh, yeah. 49ers aren't doing anything. Jimmy G's their best chance to win. Anyways, different conversation for a different day. Um, hey, he is still, he's on, still the on the team. Uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, the weapons he's got there, and Joe Mixon uh, mixing it up in the passing game. Uh, there's no reason to expect Joe Burrow to have a Ooh. bad year when it comes to passing. Um, what were the odds on this one, Drew? Did you say? Plus 1,200. Plus 1,200 1, for saw. him to lead the league, right? Ooh, that's, that's good money. That's some like pretty that. dang good money. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I... The names ahead of him that I'm seeing, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. Is that the list you've got? Yep. I mean, it's hard to put any of those guys ahead of him. I feel like he's even with at least four of those five. So I like that. At plus 1,200, that's what it's Just like comparing the weapons. Comparing the weapons that he has versus what yeah. those other guys have. Um, I mean, Derek Carr obviously is always running up the uh, running up the passing yardage totals, and now he's got Devontae Adams. So, but he had less of a return. So, that's yeah. just why I wanted. Yeah, to bring looking up at that Burrow, list, I was going to say if I would bet on anybody above him um, with shorter odds, it would have been Derek Carr because of yeah, because Shocking. of my love for Derek Carr. <laughs> And also Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro should be a pretty good year for him. All right, cool. So I want, so like I said earlier, I have a uh, running back bet, but it's not just a running back bet. It's actually a little three piece. I wanted to bring mm-hmm. a Broncos optimism parlay to the table. Um, three stats that I really like, a team stat and a couple of player stats. So I've already referenced the running back. So I guess we'll start there. Um, one that I really, really like Javante Williams over 899.5. So essentially breaking 900 yards this year, we saw Javante Williams clock in at 
903 last year. I think Gordon somehow squeaked past him at 918. Um, They both had 203 touches. During this preseason and from everything we've heard during the camp, uh, the balance is not 50-50 anymore. Uh, From what I've heard during camp, it's been closer to 80-20 at times. Uh, Javante Williams is a scrappy little running back. He like breaks through the line like nobody's business. And, um, you know, this is like this team is being coached by an offensive mastermind who put together one of the most consistent offenses in the last few years. And the fact that we're hearing that, um, you know, Javante Williams is receiving so much positive energy during the, the camp and during the preseason to me speaks really highly to them seeing this player as a really good uh essentially like gadget for this offense on top of like what russell wilson will be doing in the pocket all year long so i think that this is a really good bet to take over um speaking of russell wilson total passing touchdowns 31 and a half this is also one that i feel comfortable taking over i mean we're talking an, an average of under two per game on this. I think Russell Wilson is going to clear an average of two per game on, touch, on passing touchdowns. Um, this dude is known for using every single piece of his um, wide receiver room to the best of its ability. And he has such a young, fast, talented core uh, to work with in this offense. I think that this team is going to use Javante Williams to secure a lot of first downs and use Russell Wilson's knowledge and leadership to secure a lot of touchdowns to me almost, I think I said on this show that I would not look at uh, Javante Williams as a scorer. And I, I, and I think that's true. Like I think that a lot of the production is going to come through Russell Wilson. So maybe I said that on your show actually, but yeah, I think a lot of the production is going to come through Russell Wilson 31 and a half. I'm taking that. And just to round out the Broncos, I've already said it like during our preseason episode and earlier, but um, at nine and a half wins, come on, nine and a half wins. Like this team is absolutely going to break uh, double digits, in my opinion. Even with the tough divisional matchups um, against both of the West divisions, everybody agrees that we have the easiest schedule for the AFC West. It's probably because we were fourth place last year, but we have a lot of really bad Mm -hmm. teams to play like for our fourth place tour like so i think that the broncos are going to make waves in a lot of their divisional matchups i think they're going to look really good against um at least a couple of the afc uh, the nfc west teams and i think that they're going to clean house in conference so yeah i'm i like all three of these bets and at a total of plus 1158 that's my like jacob feels good about the broncos this season parlay so there you go interesting interesting i like a little three piece um i i think i feel pretty good about the edge uh, Vante take you know he's just gonna get those yards um the nine and a half wins i mentioned that earlier in one of my parlays i think that should be a safe bet the thing that could derail that is just the play in the afc west i i legitimately think the broncos could go anywhere between one and five and six and oh in the AFC West. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the wild, wild West we've got this yeah. year. I think any of those teams could have any of those records. Um, so mm-hmm. Broncos, I think, I think over nine and a half wins is pretty safe. The one that does worry me is the Russell Wilson, 31 and a half touchdowns. Uh, there's no denying, like even though <laughs> I feel like I downplay Russell Wilson a lot. There's no denying he's an elite quarterback. Um, I was just looking at his career numbers real quick, just for having fun, just for having a laugh. 
just for a little just giggle. for funsies. Um, he's thrown over 31 and a half touchdowns four times in his 10 year career so far. Um, so if you're playing percentages, maybe, maybe not. Um, but you, yeah. I mean, he's going to have to be, he's going to be the one getting the touchdowns. You're right. Um, so I think 31 and a half passing touchdowns. He, I think that's, that's the only part that's really a stretch for me in my head. But I think I mean, with those odds, take a swing at it because that that's that's, that's just a good year for me. Is being you know, like an optimism. if he has a good year, then yeah, he, exactly. If he has a good year, then the Broncos definitely reach the ten wins, and Javante's definitely getting those rushing yards. So exactly, that's how I feel too. Like it's like if I feel good about the Broncos, to me, like these all, all three of these things have to come into play for us to have yeah. a good season. Essentially, to me, so and just to throw a caveat in. Uh, he's only hit that mark four times in his career. He's only played with Pete Carroll as a coach, and as as mentioned earlier, Pete Carroll is like, let's run the ball, let's run the ball, let's run the ball. Except for the <laughs> one time that he really should have. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, all right, but, I'm fine, I'll try. I'm gonna let Russ <laughs> and then he was like, down. never again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I Cam. think. Sorry, go ahead, Drew. No, I was just gonna introduce Cam's last uh, top stuff. He's still. Let's hear yeah, more I was about just the Broncos. Say, I think um, that from everything we've heard during this offseason, like I think one thing that is kind of holding back people's expectations about the Broncos a little bit is like out of all these exciting like new teams to watch out for, we're kind of one of the ones that you can already get a pretty good read on. Like, like I like sort of like basically what how I feel about this bet is like I said, like. If, if we have a good season, like it's going to look pretty much exactly like this. I think we're going to have Javante pulling through a lot of first downs. And I think that we're going to have Russell Wilson like throwing for a lot of big yards and touchdowns. And so I think like if as soon as uh, one thing that does kind of worry me is that like for a lot of people, the defense has been sort of a foregone conclusion. But like if I think that I was looking at I couldn't find a way to bet on like like get odds for like the Super Bowl score. But one that I wanted to do was Super Bowl over fifty. Cause I think that like this season to me is so clearly like oh, yeah. all about offense, like looking all over the league. Like everybody is just like inflating, inflating, inflating their offense right now, spending more and more money on their offense. And um like every team that's gonna come to play like is gonna be able to put up, you know, thirty two mm-hmm. and a half. <laughs> like uh t- like passing touchdowns this season so like even though i feel good about like these stats like i think if if it's to me one that actually could end up being the crack in the armor is like if our defense mm-hmm. kind of falls apart like i can see the broncos mm-hmm. getting outscored a lot this season and looking great offensively and still somehow not pulling out 10 wins but hopefully that doesn't happen what what's your last uh, my last one's not even as exciting as the rest of your guys is i don't feel like it's just another player prop here um going with a wide receiver playing with a new team, going over 1,250 receiving yards at plus 600 odds, Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown, new oh. wide receiver mm. for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he received, or caught, I don't know the proper, proper word. He had 1,008 receiving yards last year with the Ravens. Um, and at least for the first six weeks of the season, he's wide receiver one uh, for Kyler Murray. He just loves to sling the ball deep. Um, so I think Hollywood, I think Hollywood Brown's oh, yeah. going to have a lot of a success in Arizona, even when D hop comes back, um, and 12,000, not 12,000, 1,250 yards, <laughs> 12,000 receiving. 12, I, think, I think he'll, he'll, 
And you only got plus 600? Yeah. That's crazy. I think he'll <laughs> definitely break 1,000 again. And then 1,250 is just, you know, one or two more games where he gets, he gets that extra deep ball that um, maybe he dropped a few times mm-hmm. coming from Lamar this past season. Um, but I think it, it's an offense that he's going to have success in, and I think Kyler is going to quickly find out that he's going to be one of his favorite targets to just sling the ball to because he's a speedster, and he's not going to be competing with D-Hop for those first six games. I think he'd really pad his stats those first mm-hmm. six weeks. Yeah, I I might be misremembering this because like, I'm pulling this out of my head, but I feel like I pretty vividly remember that Arizona for the first five weeks last year that Kyler Murray gave two wide receivers, 50 yards and a TD and ran in a TD himself. And so like I, I've said so many times that this is an incredibly versatile offense. And I think um, like we said, until D hop comes back in, like it's, they're not going to be able to be that versatile. And even though I think that, their run game is maybe being slept on by a lot of people like with like Connor and also Murray both being like kind of wild cards in that department. I think that, um, yeah, they're, they're certainly going to be relying pretty heavily on Marquise Brown as a receiver for Keller Murray's signature bombs. And with all of the homework he's doing, you got to know they're going to be more accurate this year. So oh, no. <laughs> I feel like this gets overblown a little bit, but they were cause teammates, so obviously he's already got mm-hmm. that chemistry with him, and he's mm-hmm. gonna already know where to put the ball, where he's gonna be a little how bit. Fast so he is. How fast he is? Yeah, yeah I think this wears. was really a match made in heaven. <laughs> Which guy on the field he is? <laughs> and these are two short guys that are now reunited. Short so kings short kings baby. together. Yeah. So I think you you were like this one's not as exciting. It's just a player prop and then plus six hundred. Like, that's that's super awesome. And I feel like twelve hundred and fifty. I mean, he had a thousand yards last year. Raven, you know, notoriously a run heavy team. Although they passed a lot more last year. Than we're yeah, also but, notoriously a Mark Andrews yeah. heavy team. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, uh, I think. Especially like you said, he's gonna be able to pad those pad those stats in those first six weeks, and then even after. I mean, him not getting all the attention from the defense yeah. when D Hop comes back—that's gonna be as well. Yeah, that's what Kyler Murray likes the most, which is why like he gives out so many different like single touchdown games <laughs> like to so many different receivers all the time. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, does that problem. do it? Nine crop bets with Drew's. Uh, bonus uh, team bet that he looked up in the middle of the episode. So ten, nine worth looking into. One I that I wouldn't so... recommend. <laughs> yeah, you'll make yourself some money. Um, if you want to make money, bet on all of all of mine. Be a couple of theirs. Is... Also, let me throw this in real quick. If you want plus seven hundred odds on pretty much is Christian McCaffrey going to play the whole season healthy and himself? Go bet McCaffrey comeback player mm-hmm. of the year seven yeah and if you want to make a lot of money next year you can go ahead and bet um <laughs> deshaun watson as comeback player of the year for 2023. <laughs> he said he's gonna have to come back from so much adversity <laughs> yeah here's a player who's worked through a lot now of here's a guy <laughs> talk about a guy who's gotten himself uh, into you. hot water then came back to play <laughs> out of hot water <laughs> Um, 
man, thank you all for listening to this episode. I am so excited about um, at least the first 10 to 11 episodes of this season that we're going to record. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> and I think it's going to be a good season. We're going to have hopefully a lot of fun guests, hopefully a lot of fun predictions. Um, Cam, while you're here, before we get into the season last year, you introduced the concept yeah. of the cambulation, how you uh, picked every game before the season started drew and i've decided that we're both going to do that as well seal them away in the vault lock it away and come back later and see what's up with that and i'm really excited to see what happens so um it's gonna be a good time and i just realized i need to take care of this stupid waffle house thing before next thursday holy crap Ah, i hate being alive anyway thank you all for (laughs) listening to nfls make sure to uh follow us on twitter um, I saw that Drew is grinding out the follower game a lot harder than I've ever done. So I appreciate that, homeboy. Um, and thank you for, um, yeah, being here. Starting next week, we will get back to the meat and potatoes of NFLs picking games. NFLs you know and love. The NFLs you know and love, starting with the Bills and Rams opener. Cam, who are you going to take in the Bills versus Rams? Buffalo Bills. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills taking week one over the Rams. And this is a Patriots fan, folks. I'm just saying. You're not going to get more impartial pundits anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Man, the... I earlier today I was like, am I gonna pick the Bills or the Rams? And then I stared at a wall for like five minutes. I was like <laughs> so upset about having to pick one of these teams. I, I love them both so dearly. It's gonna be a great game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love those quadrupeds. Um, even the horsies, the Bills, the, the Bears, the men named the Bears, the men named Brown, <laughs> who I don't know, maybe at some as point babies. walks on all fours. The riddle of Spanx, um, baby. As babies. Yeah. There you go. I've also dropped that <laughs> team for the most part. So thank you, Deshaun Watson. And thank you once again for listening. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. Cam, oh my gosh, I am so all over the place. Do you have anything? To uh, just uh, check out our sister <laughs> podcast, Super Fantasy Brothers. Check it out for all your fantasy advice. Word. Drew, do you have anything that you want to plug besides that? Yeah, like Cameron said, Super Fantasy Brothers. Also, Brendan and I are going to get back into the grind of the Good NBA Podcast next week. So, uh, look out for that. Sports, sports, sports everywhere. Sports, sports, sports. sports. It's a good time. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade, and shouts out to Cameron for joining us today. Yeah, no coin. Coin. The prodigal son returns (laughs) next week. (laughs) 